Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to the Talking Murder with My Mother podcast. And once again, no mother. <laughs> um, okay. So this weekend we had a family emergency. My grandfather wasn't feeling well. He ended up falling down. He ended up hitting his head. So he is okay. Um, we were very worried there for a little bit. Um, but of course that I'm in Florida. Mom was up there with him and she lives right next door. So it was like a huge, anyway, to make a long story short, everything is okay. But mom was not able to record this weekend uh, for obvious reasons now that I'm telling you. So... I'm back once again by myself, your host, Sonia, yeah, to, um, you know, give you a couple little side stories that I found, uh, a couple little murder stories that I found. Um, okay, first one. I do not have any other information on this family. I'm just going to tell you guys straight out. I have hunted and hunted and hunted, and I cannot find these people. I have looked for, ev- with every scrap of information that I have, which is so little, And once you hear it, you'll see how little it is. I hunted and hunted and nothing. I can't find anything, not a death certificate, nothing. So I'm still going to look like I always do. And I put little alerts on all the places that I research in that if it ever comes up in the future, I know. But yeah, pain in the ass. So first one is from 1922. And it's basically uh, the main person in this story. Her name is Phyllis Glenn. So, from the Philadelphia Inquirer, November 10th, 1922, we have the article. Batter's husband, and then ends her life, had beaten sleeping spouse into unconsciousness and believed him dead. A woman believed insane because of despondency, beat her sleeping husband over the head with a flat iron early yesterday morning, and then ended her life by jumping from the second story window of their home at 2058 East Boston Street. Now, again, this is in uh, what I assume is Pennsylvania, but it says Kensington, so I don't know how close this is to Philadelphia. I'm not really, uh, you know, really um, familiar with the area. So if anybody wants to email us, talkingmurderwithmymother at gmail.com, let us know. She was found on the pavement by Patrolman Blank of the Trenton and Dauphé Streets Station. Can you imagine? Walking down the street, find a dead woman on the street. The woman was Mrs. Phyllis Glenn, 52. Her husband, John Glenn, 50 years old, was taken to the Episcopal Hospital, suffering from severe cuts and bruises of the scalp. Mrs. Glenn had been ill since the death of her daughter last July. She was discharged from the Philadelphia Hospital only about a week ago, where she had been under treatment for temporary derangement, or otherwise insanity. According to a statement by Glenn to the police, the woman acted normally until the night before last, when she left the house and did not return for some time. Sorry. Sorry for the break, guys. I just heard a weird noise and then realized my husband's in the house. That was creepy. Okay. So, uh, according to a statement by Glenn to the police, the woman acted normally until the night before last, when she left the house and did not return for some time. Glenn, so the police say, asked where she had been, and her only reply was, quote-unquote, walking around. Quote, we went to bed and I did not awake until I felt a blow on the head which awakened me, unquote, Glenn said. There was another blow and everything turned black. Detectives who investigated the case believed the woman became remorseful after striking her husband and thinking she had killed him, jumped from the window. At a hearing later yesterday afternoon, Glenn was held without bail by Magistrate Holland to await the action of the coroner. So... That I don't have any other information on this case. It's freaking. It's it's bothering the shit out of me, guys. 
Um, it's such common names, Phyllis Glenn, John Glenn. The, now, I did find in a census record, they have a, a couple names, actually. It, they say the daughter was either Ellen or Helen. And you'd figure it says she died last year, right? So that would be 1921. Can't find any Ellen or Helen Glenn dying. It's driving me bonkers. So again, I'm going to continue to try and find more information on this case. But there were literally two news articles. And the second one was almost identical to the first. So why bother, you know, giving you guys double the, the same information? So that's the case of Phyllis Glenn. And I, I mean, honestly, she... <laughs> this is so horrible to say, but like she threw herself out the window. She didn't even double check her work. She assumed she killed her husband and then felt bad and threw herself out the window. Like she didn't even check. Ugh, it's like, come on, you're not even doing it right. All right. So then I have this story, which is a little bit, a little bit longer. Um, but it's freaking crazy. I, I don't know. People are fucking nuts. All right. So, I find this, and it's from 1905. And, okay, so bear with me because some of the news articles repeat some of the information, but anyway, just just come along the ride with me. All right, here we go. So, Lincoln Star, January 16th, 1905. I'm not going to read the top part of the headline, okay? Let's just go with the story. Neelai, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Neelai, Nebraska, January 16th, 1905. One of the most atrocious murders and suicides ever chronicled in Antelope County took place at the home of Hans Jacobson at about one o'clock this morning when Andrew Nelson, a farmhand, killed Miss Carrie Jacobson, aged 19, and then ended his own life. Mr. Jacobson lives about seven miles north of town and with his wife and only child were respected citizens of the neighborhood. They lived just across the road from the Grecian Bend Church, where only yesterday the daughter went forward at the call of the minister, taking with her a number who were interested. Ugh. Guess what? I fucked that up. <laughs> I fucked that up, guys. I'm so sorry. This writing is so small. These fucking newspapers, these old newspapers. Okay. All right. I'm going to start over. Not over the whole story. Just a sentence. Okay. They lived just across the road from the Grecian Bend Church, where only yesterday the daughter went forward at the call of the minister, taking with her a number who were interested in making a start in the Christian life. The family had taken into their home a young man by the name of Andrew Nelson and had furnished him employment most of the two years past, during which time he had paid attention to Carrie, the only daughter. So, he's been looking at her for two years. Mm-hmm, this border that they have at home. Mm -hmm. His attentions were steadfastly refused, the paper says. Last evening, after going upstairs, Miss Jacobson called to her mother to come up, telling her she could not retire and begging her not to leave her. The mother then told Jacobson to come up, and he retired to Carrie's room. That doesn't make sense. The mother then told Jacobson to come up, and she retired to Carrie's room. It's a typo. Well, no. This, the, who wrote this? Hold on a second. Okay. All right, I'm sorry. So apparently it says, the mother then told Jacobson, meaning the father, to come up and he retired to Carrie's room while the mother and daughter went downstairs and retired. Okay, so normally 
Okay, and this is what you guys don't know, which I do, because I'm like, why does it say this? Okay, so normally the father, Hans Jacobson, and this Andrew Nelson, the border guy, they slept downstairs, and the mother and the daughter slept upstairs, right? So now the mother is telling the father and the border to take the upstairs room, and the daughter and her are going to take downstairs, all right? So we're all on the same page again, all right. Sometimes later, Mrs. Jacobson went down in the basement for coal when she heard footsteps coming downstairs and in a moment a shot followed by another. She ran upstairs to find the light out and at this time her husband coming down. She called to him that Andrew had shot Carrie. Mr. Jacobson opened the door to the room and fell over the dead body of Nelson and reached in the bed for his daughter in the darkness only to plunge his hands in a mess of blood and brains. Can you fucking imagine, guys? Seriously. Seriously. You walk into a room, you stumble over a dead body, and you plunge your hands into the blood and brains of your family member. Oh, for the love of God, no. All right. All right, let's continue. He immediately ran across the road to the home of Charles Yates, who telephoned to Neely for Neely, Neely, I'm sorry, for Dr. Beatty, and after his arrival, an investigation disclosed the fact that the gun had been placed close to the girl's mouth when she was evidently asleep and her face was shot off. She still lay with one arm under her head. The murderer then placed the gun to his own head and shot the top completely off. The bodies were left as found, and Dr. Fletcher of Orchard, coroner, was called who will hold an inquest later. So that's January 16th. So then we have um, January 18th, and they talk about the, um, let's see here. Last night, shortly after midnight, Andrew Nelson was making, who was making his home with Hans Jacobson, living about seven miles northwest of Neli. Basically the same stuff. And then it says, I'm sorry, I said January 18th. It's January 16th still. And it says they're going to be buried tomorrow. Okay? I don't understand. They're going to be buried tomorrow. All right, then it says, Victims of Tragedy Buried. And I have... There we go. I have two articles. One says, Slayer and Victim Buried. Funerals near Neli of Andrew Nelson and Carrie Jacobson. The two young people who died as a result of the terrible dual tragedy at Grecian Bend, Nebraska, in which Carrie Jacobson was murdered while she slept by the man who wildly loved her, Andrew Nelson, and who later killed himself, were given burial in two separate churchyards. Miss Jacobson, the 18-year-old daughter, see in the first article, they said 19. The 18-year-old daughter was their only child and was buried from, from the little church near the home of her parents, Mr. and Mrs. Hans Jacobson, while Nelson, the youth who blew off the heads of his sweetheart and himself. I, I don't understand. Why do they say his sweetheart? That pisses me off. She was not his sweetheart. Um, according to everyone, herself, before she died for two years, according to her parents, according to everyone, she was not his sweetheart. She refused him at every turn. So, no, newspaper article, Sioux City Journal, you are incorrect, um, from 1905. While Nelson, the youth who blew off the heads of his sweetheart and himself, were given burial at Clearwater. So that's one of the note, uh, notations from the newspaper about them being buried. Then there's another one, and it says, let's see here. Yeah, this one, it's just a little extra bit at the end. It says, the body of the murderer and suicide, Andrew Nelson, was taken to Clearwater yesterday by his uncle, and the burial took place at that place today, which here it says January 20th of 1905. But 
I can't find any information on this guy either. I can find very little information on the Jacobsons. Andrew Nelson is like one of the most common names. Doesn't say the name of his uncle. This is like such a bitch when I can't find this information. Okay, so then I find this crazy article dated January 20th as well, 1905. And it basically says what happened. And it says the Norfolk Weekly News Journal, January 20th, 1905. Kills girl and self. Double, terrible double tragedy in Antelope County. Was maddened with jealousy. Andrew Nelson murders sleeping Carrie Jacobson. Blows his own head off. Stealing into her bedchamber while her mother had left the room at midnight, the young farmhand committed a terrible double crime. So once again, it says on January 16th, special to the news. A tragic murder and an awful suicide occurred here early today when Andrew Nelson, a young farmhand of 20 years, enraged... Enraged with a frenzied jealousy, crept into the sleeping room of Carrie Jacobson, an 18-year-old girl and the object of his devotion, and fired a heavy charge from his shotgun into her helpless sleeping form, and then, before members of the family could arrive, turned the still-smoking weapon upon himself and blew his head off. The dead bodies of the young woman murdered in cold... The dead bodies... Body of the young woman... It says bodies... Of the young woman murdered in cold blood and and the body of the young man, guilty of two crimes, were found fearfully lacerated by the terrible wounds a moment later. Increased tragedy is added to the horrible affair by the fact that the mother of the murdered girl had been sleeping with her during the night and had left the room but a moment before to get coal for the fire. She was down in the cellar getting the coal. Nothing, uh, I'm sorry, noting the absence of the mother, Nelson softly descended the stairs, his murderous shotgun in hand, quietly entered the room, and in an instant had killed the young woman asleep in the darkness. Nelson had been working on the Jacobson farm for about two years past. Jealousy is given as the sole cause. The farm is about seven miles from here near Clearwater, as a point known as the Grecian Bend. The body of the girl was found in bed, the top of her head blown to bits. The body of the man was found lying in the doorway, his head entirely off. The bodies still lie where they were discovered and await the coroner's inquest. The coroner lives at Orchard and had been notified. It is evident from facts that developed today that Nelson had murdered in his mind a week ago. At that time, he is said to have gone to the schoolhouse where the girl was, with a shotgun all loaded. He was desperately in love with the girl, who had rejected him a number of times, and who had no more to do and who had no more to do with him than he than was absolutely necessary. So see, see, why are you writing that she was a sweetheart? She wanted nothing to do with this fucking creeper. And uh, oh my god, okay. All right. Nelson had been driven away from the home repeatedly and had been allowed to return through pity each time. Who the fuck in their right mind? Okay, I understand it's 1905. I understand things were different back then. I understand all of this, okay? But if your border is a fucking creeper hanging around your daughter, trying to get... I, I just... You throw him off the farm, you don't bring him back. Maybe you bring him back one time, but like repeatedly, it says repeatedly. Oh, for the love of Christ. All right. Last night, the girl was afraid of him, and she was afraid of him, for Christ's sake. As parents, you find another border. You know what I'm saying? There could, there was, I cannot believe reading all of these newspaper articles that I do, and I don't just, you know, read the ones that I'm giving to you guys or the the stories that I find for future episodes or whatever, I, I find other articles and I read them because they're interesting. And there were plenty of people who were looking to work on your farm. If There were plenty of people looking for a job in 1905. Okay, you could have found a, a farmhand. People were coming and going in and, out, in and out of towns. You could have offered somebody a job. Not the creeper. Oh, my God. Okay. Last night, the girl was afraid of him. 
and when she wanted to go downstairs to sleep with her mother, she was afraid to go past the door of Nelson alone. She called her mother, who came upstairs, and accompanied the daughter to the room below. Okay, then it says, Andrew Nelson, age 21, murdered Carrie Jacobson, age 18, shortly after midnight, blowing the top of her head off with a shotgun and then blew his own head off completely. At parties, he had always manifested jealousy and insisted on the girl going home earlier than the others. Yesterday morning, the young couple went to church together. So, yeah, they went to church together because they were going to church and they just so happened to be walking together. It, it, I love how they make it seem like she was all into him. All right. Um, so that's it. I mean, that's that's all I have of that story, too. Uh, this douchebag, Andrew Nelson, you know unrequited love and decides that if nobody can have her I mean if I'm sorry if nobody can have her <laughs> if he can't have her nobody can have her I'm sorry I know her death is not funny but the way I, the way I said it was funny um sadly another douchebag takes the life of a young girl who seemed like she uh, was a pretty nice girl well, I don't know what those parents were thinking man once twice and you're gone I, I don't understand but so yeah, so that's my that's my tales for today for you guys. And if you guys want to reach out to us, you can email us at talkingmurderwithmymother at gmail.com. We are on Instagram and we are on Twitter at Murder Talking. And what else? We have a Facebook page, Talking Murder With My Mother. Feel free to send us pictures, email us, comment on the Facebook page, and... I will not be around this weekend. I am getting on a plane in a couple of hours to go to New York to go visit my sister-in-law. So I will not be here, but I will be back, not this weekend, but the following weekend. And yes, hopefully everything will be okay and Mother and I can start recording again together and we will be able to bring you the real talking murder with my mother with an actual mother in it. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the tales and I will talk to you guys soon and hopefully so will Mother. Have a great one. Hope you enjoyed.